It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six to time. It's a Monday morning. It's Wake Up Wyoming. With a little bit of snow coming for some of you guys. You heard Don Day's forecast there. All right. I know. I know. Hold the music a minute. I know the big story over the weekend, and we will get to it. The whole Chinese balloon thing, which has been talked about nonstop. Thank God that happened over the weekend to give the weekend crews on television news something to talk about all weekend long which is why I avoided the television. But I did enjoy watching the sucker get shot down, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But first, I came across something which is not on your radar screen, but I'm going to put it on there because the cult of climate change has jumped the shark yet again. You're not going to believe this. I just, it's a class. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call the show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. I'm not going to get into a whole thing about climate change right now. That's not my intention here. It's just every so often somebody says or does something that is so over the top that I just have to stop and go, okay, hang on. Why are we believing these people if they're going to this extent? And oftentimes I find when someone is losing an argument, because you've heard that, you know, the science is settled, the debate is over. And the more the cult of climate change loses this argument, the louder, more desperate, the more ridiculous they have to get. So, <clears throat> ban on anesthesia. Doctors suggest lowering the flow of anesthetic gas to patients to save the planet. And claims that one hour of surgical anesthesia is equivalent to driving as many as 470 miles. Okay. So you, And, you know, driving 470 miles is killing the planet. I, mean, I could just take that, the idea that you drove 470 miles, you are destroying the planet. Yeah. Well, um, Al Gore and Joe Biden and Leonardo DiCaprio flew longer than that. What's the, what about their carbon footprint? But okay, it, 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 back up a little bit. So the story says New York Post experts are now recommending that doctors reduce their use of certain kinds of anesthesia in order to combat the effects of climate change. A senior anesthesiologist at Detroit's Henry Ford Health Center made the suggestion during an American Society of Anesthesiologists annual convention last Friday in Orlando, Florida. Quote, global warming is affecting our daily life more and more, and reduction of greenhouse gas emissions has become critical. No matter how far the effect is, he said, it'll add up. 
As anesthesiologists, we can contribute significantly to this cause by making little changes to our daily practice, such as lowering the flow of anesthetic gas without affecting patient care. Now, uh, John up in Gillette, who is an anesthesiologist, <clears throat> pointed out to me that, yeah, he heard this, and lowering the flow of uh anesthetic gas can be done without affecting the patient's care. Research notes that inhaled anesthesia accounts for 0.1% of the world's carbon emissions. Now, again, that's going by the idea that CO2 is causing a catastrophic climate crisis, which is garbage, which are regarded as a primary driver of climate change. An hour of surgery using inhaled anesthetic is equivalent to 470 miles driving. According to a 2010 study, oh, I got to go back to that 2010 study. Also, this one, flashback 2020, studying American Cancer Society Journal 2020 fretted over carbon footprint of cancer care. Yeah, the climate change and cancer expert to date, no studies have estimated the carbon footprint of cancer care. Energy expenditures associated with operating cancer treatment facilities and medical devices, as well as manufacturing, packaging, and shipping devices, pharmaceuticals, contribute significantly to greenhouse gas emissions. Some cancer treatment facilities have begun to consider their own carbon footprint and started a process to achieve carbon neutrality. So... Uh, here's a question for the American Cancer Society. If you need cancer treatment, would you go to a cancer treatment center that was worried about its carbon footprint? Or one that was worried about, you know, saving your life. Now, I know that John, who is an anesthesiologist, you know, was telling me that you, know, you can go ahead and reduce this and get the same effect as that. Uh, okay. But you see, that takes all the fun away from it. Because my first thought, when I just glanced over the headline was, well, what are we supposed to do here? We're not going to use anesthesia. Then I guess I guess we're supposed to just go back to the old thing of biting down on a leather strap. Hold it. No, that doesn't work. Leather strap. That's cow. Can't do that a leather strap with a cow. No, because cows, that's carbon footprint and methane and all of that kind of stuff. So you can't do that. No. So what then could somebody bite down, bite down on a stick? No, you probably had to knock down a tree for that. Oh, geez. What exactly are you supposed to do? I know if they're cutting into your chest, gnaw your own arm off. There you go. That'll work a lot better there. And if you find out that you have cancer, the fewer human beings on the planet, the better. So... No, just just go, don't go in for treatment, I guess, is what you're supposed to do. Because treating people who are suffering through something like cancer, well, not only do you have to have a high-carbon footprint to treat them through cancer, but then there's that person still living on the planet and still producing their own carbon footprint. Why would you allow them to continue? No. Oh, hang on a second. Uh, I see this. Uh, hello, Jim. Jim is in Casper. And he sent me a link here. And this has to do with what I just mentioned since I was picking on certain people with their private jets. 118 private jets 
take leaders to the latest climate summit, burning over 1,000 tons of CO2. <laughs> yeah, as the COP26 climate conference opened up on Monday, uh, 1st November, 50 private jets landed at Glasgow airports, ferrying passengers to one of the most critical environmental summits in history. By the way, these people have been confronted about doing this. Every time there's a climate conference, they're confronted about how they all arrive in private jets. Some of them live close enough they could have driven, but they still took a jet. Well, they all come up with excuses. If they really cared about the planet, they wouldn't bother to show up at all. They would just go ahead and do it online. Zoom it, if you will, or whatever program you want to use where they can all conference online and talk to each other. That way nobody has to leave their home, thus contributing to climate change by their own standards, own rules of what you want to do. Okay. So, yeah, the latest one, that you, you can't get cancer treatment, anesthesia, oh, that, that's climate change too. What else? When I read stories like this, articles, statements like this, it makes me wonder why anyone ever listens to these people at all. Yeah, Rianne from Four Danger. Okay, well, some people need some level more than others of anesthesia. Hey, I got an idea. If you have to go in for surgery, okay, you know those big burly orderlies, the kind, the muscle that they hire to take care of people who are just freaking out in the hospital. Okay, we hire one of those guys. That's your new anesthesiologist. He'll just come over and clock you one and knock you out. If you're seeing a dentist, he might be able to knock the tooth out if that's what you were after. 616's the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Sometimes the best way to laugh, listen anywhere, and chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six nineteen's the time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Since I was talking about how <laughs> you're not supposed to get anesthesia, uh, and, and no, I don't mean anesthesia, anesthesia. Although what they did in anesthesia was probably what they want to do to you. Uh, then if you're not supposed to get that or get a different kind of it, and then cancer treatment, yeah. And, and, of course, they want a smaller population. DJ says, I think it's obvious they just want us dead and gone, you know, to save the planet and all that. But then who will they tax? And who will provide all of the stuff for them that they live off of? They need us out there producing as the great unwashed, right? So they can live their lifestyles that they demand that we don't live. That's how that works, right? So, okay, let's get to the balloon thing real quick. Did you know? That over the course of the weekend, as the balloon was traveling across the United States, it literally passed right over Devil's Tower. Now, if it had stopped there and then descended, we would all be screwed. I started listening, just for the fun of it, to some conspiracy theories over the weekend. Because I made this hat from aluminum foil. foil. Where it had 
So one of the theories that I heard is, well, the Chinese are flying over the United States with one of these balloons. What do they have up there? Are they trying to drop the latest uh, COVID? Uh, on? Did that take off from Wuhan? Is that what they were trying to do? Oh, there were all sorts of theories like that. And then there were several theories from different people that I heard about when the thing was shot down. Well, that just didn't look right. Just so you know the way this works. The thing was traveling a little above 60,000 feet. Now, airliners will travel anywhere from 30,000 to 40-some thousand feet. And that's about your, your fighter jets can get a little bit higher than that. Not much. In the 40-some thousand range. They really can't go any higher than that. And that's because those jet engines need to suck in air in order to be able to produce the thrust to go. Okay. Now, as far as the wings to keep them up, I know fighter jets have little wings. But if you have enough thrust, then you don't really need the wings, right? But they can't get enough thrust because it's that high up. So how do you shoot it down? They can't go use their machine gun on that, so that's not going to work. So they fire a missile. Missiles are not designed to hit the target and blow up. Because during a dogfight, the idea of actually, with all the twisting and turning and maneuvering, the idea of a missile actually being able to impact another airplane and then blow up probably isn't going to happen. So it's designed to get close enough and then blow up. So that's what they did. They sent a couple of Raptors up there. Might as well send our best. They sent a couple of Raptors up there. And one of them fired a missile, and the missile gets close enough and blows up and shrapnel all over the place, and down the thing comes. So there you go. So I started noticing, again, the path and I, right over Devil's Tower. So Ogden Driscoll, whose family owns the property around Devil's Tower and has for a very long time, Ogden Driscoll, I sent him the article that I put up on the Wake Up Wyoming site, which shows the path going directly over Devil's Tower, which is why I decided to go ahead with my own conspiracy. I just made it up this morning. Why not? Because if you see the documentary, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, yeah, that's a documentary. You know that, right? So in that movie, Close Encounters, it was a massive government conspiracy, so people not know what really is going on. Aliens are landing, and the government's going to have a little talk with them and come up with some kind of an agreement and exchange people. All of that was going on. The government didn't want you to know. So I want to know from the people of Crook County, Wyoming, or just Hewlett, Wyoming even, any dead cows in your area? Just curious about this. And I sent the note to Devil to uh, Ogden Driscoll again. He's a, a state senator, and he owns his family owns a property around Devil's Tower. And he he gave me a little bit of a reaction to it that he just thought it was funny. But yeah, that would have passed right over his house. So go ahead and invent what theory you want out of that. I do like the conspiracies that I heard, which I laughed at. Well, if it took off from Wuhan, China, who knows what they're yeah. Well, it was floating over military bases. Okay. I'm going to go with the one that I just made up until I hear otherwise. UFOs, aliens.
get this note just now. Chris is in Glenrock. Morning, Chris. If politicians want true climate change, have them hold their breath indefinitely and will eliminate... Yeah, I've often thought about that. All the gas that comes out of Washington, D.C. Okay, real quick, back to the hot air balloon thing. Now, besides this story on the Devil's Tower, and you can see the map, it's on the Wake Up Wyoming site. It did go, the balloon did go right over Devil's Tower. But then I also put up another one just the 16 best memes on this thing during the course of the weekend. Now, there's more than I have here. There's a lot of memes out there. One of them shows a couple of kids, and they're hiding in a corner, and there's a balloon <laughs> floating in front, scaring the hell out of them. It's actually based on a real picture here. Now, another one I told you on Friday, Eric, happy Valentine's Day, love Fang Fang is what's written on the side of the balloon. And I like this. For those who know the book, very popular children's book, Good Night Moon. This meme reads, Good night, table. Good night, moon. Good night, Chinese spy balloon. I like that one. That's just so cool. Uh, here's another one that shows the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man from, yeah, the Ghostbusters movie. That's what you were looking at. Now, <clears throat> shoulder patches will be given... And also, fighter planes will have a silhouette of what they shot down. If it was another enemy aircraft or something they bombed or whatever, a silhouette of that is put on their airplane. So here's a shoulder patch showing, yeah, the the airplane shooting down the balloon. And, oh, there's also Winnie the Pooh on it for some reason. I would like to know, are they going to, they probably will, take the airplane, the Raptor that shot down the balloon, are they going to put a silhouette of the Chinese balloon on it? It is a kill. Another one looks like a giant pinata. <sighs> oh, my God. Now Mexico. That, see, that's a good one. I like that. There's a couple of these written on the side of the balloon. We've been trying to contact you about your car's extended warranty. That's good. Uh, several others you have to see. And I'm, uh, I'm going to skip by those. Oh, I like this one. <laughs> written in spray paint on the side of the balloon. Weather Baroon. Tory not for spying. <laughs> I like the one I put this up on my own Facebook page. Randy Quaid, the actor. Yeah, from Independence Day. Randy Quaid apparently shot down Chinese balloon. <laughs> uh, oh, and then there's a whole field of balloons lifting off into the air operation red dawn 2023 if you know the movie you know why that's funny that's it ran for danger what's uh, more worrisome is that there was an explosion to, oh i know but a lot of people talking about that what exploded and came down out of the sky over montana that i'd like to know. no one knows yet
Coming up on 6.30, look at your local news after that update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it again this way, Cup Wyoming. with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. Six thirty-six. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. I was going to go on to another topic, but hang on. Something just changed that. So I, I stopped for just a bit to talk about the Chinese spy balloon that he had shot down on it. And, of course, it went all weekend long on all of the television networks and talk and talk about it, which I didn't watch. I did see that they were doing it, but I didn't stop and watch it. It's just a waste of time. So, speaking of waste of time, as I told you, they put this ridiculously large television in my studio, sitting right next to me over here on my right-hand side, up on the wall. And what I do is I put on this channel, which is... Uh, Fox Raw is what they call it. And mostly it's just raw video. Sometimes they have a host and an interview. Sometimes there's a reporter on a scene. But mostly it's just raw video. And I could look up sometimes and see like three different or four different screens going where they're just on location somewhere. And I can just monitor what they're doing. I like that because there's no reporters or commentators or rarely anyway. But this morning, not only are they playing the hell out of that balloon being shot down, but there's a constant on one of the screens up here of a beach in South Carolina. That's where they shot down the balloon, out off the coast of South Carolina. Well, they don't have anything else, so they just have a camera that they've recorded, because it says recorded earlier. So it's not even a live shot. It's just a recorded earlier loop of a beach in South Carolina. There's nothing to see. There isn't any, I don't see the balloon fall into the water. It, that's not on it. It's just clear blue skies. There's nothing happening out there. Nothing happening on the Atlantic, nothing in the sky. As for the beach, well, there's somebody walking their dog. That's about it. What is the purpose of that shot? Well, we're here live for what? It's not even live anymore. Now it's a pre-recorded shot. I at times, I just don't understand what news organizations are doing here. Okay. So, also, during the course of the weekend, this has to become a political issue because people are asking... Well, how come they just didn't shoot it down right away? The only reasonable explanation for that that I heard, let's we don't know what's on the thing. Now, the idea that, well, it took off with a bunch of virus from Wuhan, I doubt that. But what if it's a bunch of, like, lithium-ion batteries or other things that could be considered toxic waste or could explode or whatever? And I don't mean a weapon. I just mean we don't know. And so if they shoot it down and that crashes and it wouldn't just it would spread over a huge area so we don't know what's on there so 
Let's get it out off the coast and shoot it down. And then we'll go take a look at what it was. You know, that, that was the decision of the president and the Pentagon, apparently. Okay, so right away, this becomes a political hot potato. And the Democrats, here's one of the stories I have in front of me. Let's see. Democrats and their cohorts in the media are quickly coming to Biden's aid. As critics say, Biden didn't handle the Chinese spy balloon incident well. The spy balloon flying across America can easily be thought of a test of Biden's inclination to use force against Chinese, is what conservatives are saying. At first, Biden administration and the Pentagon remained silent. Then a local about the appearance of the balloon altogether. Local news organization in Montana reported it hovering over billions. For those who don't know, and then it moved on to right over Devil's Tower, Wyoming. But okay, the word quickly spread across the country, and all of a sudden, the Biden administration is talking about it. So here comes the narrative from the Democrats. Well, during the Trump era, several Chinese balloons came across the country. Okay, so this morning, Trump is saying, well, that never happened. It would have never happened. Yeah, it, quote, it never happened with us under the Trump administration, and if it did, we would have shot it down immediately, said Trump. This is disinformation. Biden and O'Brien said they heard, uh, they have, they've never heard of any such incident during the Trump administration. So here's a quote. I don't know of any balloon flights by any power over the United States during my tenure, and I've never heard of any of occurring before I joined in 2018, Bolton said. I've never heard of anything that occurred after I left either. Bolton and the Biden administration have specific examples. They need to tell Congress about it because nobody else knows about this. He added, I can say with 100% certainty during my tenure, said Michael Bolton. Unequivocally, I've never been briefed on any such issue, he told Fox News Digital. I never recall anybody coming into my office or reading anything that the Chinese had a surveillance balloon over the United States. So when asked, when people are asked, not just Trump, but when people in the Trump administration or in the Pentagon are being asked, did any such thing happen during the Trump administration? They're saying, well, not that we're aware of. We never heard of any such thing. 642 Wake Up Wyoming. This weather update in your pocket with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 618 is the time. So wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Frank, I did not know about this until I was just about to talk to you. When you get on to the <clears throat> road in front of our building here, which yes. is Nicholas, right, and make a right-hand turn toward First Street, mm -hmm. and there's that round building. Got hit by a car. Yes, it was a police chase. Yeah. There's no... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many knuckleheads do we have around here? I don't know. I should see. How many knuckleheads do we have um, around here? Do you, you know, I don't know if we, if we want to count all of those. I just, it gets depressing. It does. I mean, yeah. I mean, you think you think in Wyoming, you know, be is immune to that. We're not. Oh no, no. People have to do the cowboy thing around here, which means you know, um, drink too much and act crazy, and then drive into a round building. Yeah, on then the drive. Corner. Yeah, drive into a <laughs> yeah. building. Yeah. Now yeah. the nice thing is, <clears throat> for the news department, uh, it's right up the road. So to get pictures of this is a piece of cake. 
Yeah, they they had the some uh, an alert yeah. observer. Sure, a listener. So now took at, pictures. Yeah. at this point, I will have to walk over and take a look because apparently it's a for those people who don't know it's a one story building but it's round and the some front windows are smashed in. The front door yeah. is gone. I, I I drove by here yesterday and they kind of had it. You know, sitting on the side of the oh, building, okay. you know, yeah. but now they put up the boards and everything. I'm like, you know, somebody could have been, could have been killed in that deal. Yeah. But, but, it all, but it also happened at 345 in the morning. Right. You ever been inside that thing? No. There, there used to be a chiropractic office, I okay. believe. And then now it's a like a um, a weight loss place, too. Uh, food know? for Thought Project, it yeah, says here okay. in the article. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's not weight loss. That's trying to get people food. Kind of I the know. opposite. I think there. on the other side is the weight loss place. You think so? Yeah, I okay, think so, I'll yeah. go in there. Okay. Yeah. They do have around the building. They have some of those uh, posts to put in to try to prevent people from being able to. But it's a lot like on uh, not too far from where I live. There's a house that sits right on a intersection, and they put a bunch of big rocks in front of the house so nobody well, would... Well, you, you have to. I mean... Uh, yeah. I mean, well, they, they left a tiny little gap just big enough for a small car to get oh, through. Oh, really? And somebody did it. Oh, boy. Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys were drubbed by San Jose State on Saturday on the road, 84-64, to drop them to 7-15 and overall, 2-8 and in Mountain West play. Cowboys were just playing sloppy with 17 turnovers. Noah Reynolds had four of them, and he was in the game for just 15 minutes. Hunter Maldonado had 34, and he didn't get much help from his teammates. This indeed is a lost season, and star player Graham E.K. made it official on Friday that he's going to sit out the rest of the season thanks to a foot injury and take a medical redshirt year. So that seemed to be a foregone conclusion considering how deep in the season it was and the folks are going nowhere. A year ago, EK averaged 19 points and 9 rebounds a game and next up for the Cowboys will be a home game on Wednesday hosting Nevada-Las Vegas. In women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls lost a heartbreaker to Colorado State in Fort Collins on Saturday, 66-63. Kalen Crocker of CSU hit a three-pointer with two seconds to go to give the Rams that win. The Cowgirls fall to 15-8 overall, 8-4 in Mountain West play. Quinn Weideman at 15 for UW, but the team as a whole had a really rough first quarter from the field going 5 of 16. Cowgirls will be at home on Thursday to host Utah State. In junior college basketball, the Casper College women rated 19th in the country improved to 21 and 3 with a 68-51 win over Western Wyoming and Rock Springs. Kelly Walsh grad Logan Alvar had 22 points for the T-Birds. Casper College men are 18 and 5 and beat Western Wyoming on Saturday 76-59 thanks to 18 points from Nestor Diachok. The Casper College teams will be in Cheyenne on Wednesday to meet LCCC. The LCCC women beat Eastern Wyoming at the Story Gym on Saturday 76-49 so they're 16 and 6 on the year. Michaela Bork led the way for the Golden Eagles with 19. The LCCC men improved the 12 and 8 with an 87-83 win over Eastern, thanks to 23 points from Ben Hageman. The LCCC teams will host Western Nebraska tonight from in, at the Story Gym at 5:30 and 7:30. High school Nordic skiing over the weekend. The Natrona invite was held on Friday and Saturday on Casper Mountain. On the girls' side, Natrona's Allie Wheeler won both the classic and freestyle races. She has also earned a spot on the United States U18 national team. That's pretty good considering she's 15 and Wheeler will compete uh, for that team in Finland later on this month. On the boys' side, Kelly Walsh's Fist Johansson won the classic race on Friday and Laramie's Ben Hutchinson won the freestyle race on Saturday. That's in the sports. So when I was growing up, my family owned Twin Palm Cottages on Captiva Island, Florida. Yep. And it was just a bunch of little cottages, you know, that we rented off to the tourists, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to stay for more than one night, right? Cute little cottages. My parents sell them, right? And the very next day after they signed over the paperwork, 
somebody drove through cottage number one. <laughs> yeah. He wanted to get in that bad, huh? Uh, I guess so. I guess he didn't want to be late for his reservation or Evidently, something. Evidently, yeah. Right, right, right through the front door, yeah. Right, all right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business. Well, that was a good time, right? Coming up on some local business, then we're going to roll into news time after that national local update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. I did the Chinese balloon stuff, but I'll take calls on that if you guys want to get into it, because that was fun. For those who didn't hear, it did fly right over Devil's Tower. I have a story on that on the Wake Up Wyoming site. And a list of the best memes for the Chinese balloon. But we'll get into other stories next hour. Wake Up Wyoming. Six to time. Wake up, my own. It is a Monday. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Just real quick, I wanted to see what was going on with Wyoming roads because last week Wyoming was just closed for quite a while. In fact, I had a chance to briefly chat with Governor Gordon. Uh, he was in the building on Friday and just had a quick conversation with him about the roads. Now most of the state was closed for quite a while, and. Right now, the only thing closed is there's 220 and 287. That's the Muddy Gap area. So if you're leaving, let's say, Casper, and you're heading toward Muddy Gap, about the time that you hit Alcova is where it's closed, all the way through Muddy Gap. And then when you get over to Jeffrey City, in that area, closed as you're heading toward Lander, so, and then what's that junction? I'm forgetting the name of There's a junction over here. There's a, yeah, Sweetwater Stallion area. You know that one? Okay. But that's a junction in that area, a short section of road as you're heading toward Lander. That's it. Other than that, everything else is open around the state and driving ought to be pretty good. Okay. Now, I wanted to correct something. I heard this uh, jobs report on Friday's program on the news top of the hour. But as always, when I hear news, I think to myself, well, wait. Because oftentimes the first thing you hear is incorrect or incomplete. And people get a lot of misconceptions based on the first thing they hear. I want I want all the numbers to come in. I want to really analyze this, right? So jobs numbers, they celebrate. Yay, we added 517,000 jobs. Well, okay. And that's good. That's not a bad thing. But remember, I always tell you you got to look at the workforce participation rate. That's part of it, and there's more to this. Here's just the workforce participation rate numbers, and I'll get into the rest of it. The number of persons jobless less than five weeks decreased uh, to 1.9 million in January. The number of long-term unemployed jobless for 27 weeks or more unchanged. The long-term unemployment accounted for 19.4% of the total unemployment on January. In January, both labor force participation rate, 62.4%, and the unemployment population at 60.2% were unchanged. After removing the effects of the annual adjustments for populations, 
These measures have shown little net change since early 2022 and remain below the pre-pandemic February 2020 levels. So the number of persons employed part-time for economic reasons, 4.1 million, little change in January. These individuals who would have preferred full-time employment were working part-time because their hours have been reduced and they were unable to find full-time jobs. The number of persons not in the labor force who currently want a job, about 5.3 million. In January, little changed from the prior month. These individuals were not counted as unemployed because they're not actively looking for work. There's the key. When they say the unemployment percentage is, and they give you a percentage. Well, hang on a second. How many people are not counted? If they fired me today and I did not go looking for work or I was looking for work, but I didn't say that I was. I didn't file for unemployment. They also do telephone surveys, things like this. And I just never, they don't know that I'm out here unemployed. I wouldn't be counted. So these individuals, among those in the labor force job, uh, number of persons marginally attached to the labor force, 1.4 million, that changed, not at all. The individuals who wanted and were available for work and looked for a job, for the past 12 months and 12 weeks or preceding the survey. The number of discouraged workers, a subject of, you know, who are marginally attached, believe that no jobs were available for them. Very little change there. So how did we add 517,000 jobs and still leave all these categories unchanged? In part, it's because of the massive add in labor force numbers. But that wouldn't involve 866,000 workers who decided to show up in January. Theoretically, that might be an explanation, as it might indicate an abrupt end, the story says, to the overhang from the Great Resignation, a sudden return to the normal workforce. People who had removed themselves for whatever status just stepped away from their job, didn't like it anymore. However... The same report also shows the not in labor force number increasing at the same time. So as we have the number of unemployed people, the unemployment rate went down because 517,000 jobs. But at the same time, the number of people leaving the labor force has gone up. So they're just not counted, even though they should be working. It's still a significant amount in the labor force but not moving people back into the category. It's about um, 1.2 million people just didn't show up for work, essentially. So revisions are due to all of this. We'll see what the total unemployment level really is. But once again, I just want you to know that whenever you hear these numbers, wow, these are really great numbers. Well, they're not counting everything. And so it really is misleading. And of course, Biden will jump to the microphone. Look how great this is until we consider everything that he won't talk about. The White House press secretary, she won't say a word about this. She'll just say, oh, these numbers are great. Now, next story I have along the same lines. Highest number of Americans in four decades say they're financially worse off than they were just a few years ago. For those old enough to remember, when Ronald Reagan was running against Jimmy Carter, 
he asks a simple question. Are you better off than you were four years ago? And across America, people had to say, well, no, things are really crap. Okay, that's a good question to ask. So, the highest number of Americans in four decades say they're worse off right now. The poll was released Sunday that four in 10 Americans say their financial situation has gotten worse in the past couple of years, which is the most in the ABC Washington Post poll dating back 37 years. Now, here's where I always, you know what, what I'm like with polls, okay? So I take these numbers with a huge, not just grain of salt, but entire salt shaker. 41% of those people polled say they were financially worse off now than they were two years ago. Well, that's when Biden took office, which is the most since ABC News Washington Post poll asked the question back in 1986. Under former President Donald Trump during the same time period, just 13% said they were worse off. The same poll also found that roughly 6 in 10 self-described Democrat adults did not want Biden to run for office again. Possible matchup. Well, and then it gets it at that they start to speculate about who's running next time. Despite the dreary outlook for candidates, then they talk about if the election were held today, that means nothing. Now, they're constantly doing that. If if the election were held today, who would win? It just Garbage. At that point, they really are looking, struggling to find something to write about. But okay, always whenever you hear unemployment numbers, good or bad, whatever the case is, when they first release them, the answer is always wait until all of the numbers come out and you get a whole picture of the thing. This is a lot like during the Obama years. During the Obama years, they kept bragging, look at the low unemployment number until you add everything together, including the U6 index, then you find out the number's actually a lot higher and our situation's a lot worse. 7.15, Wake Up Wyoming. Is live on AM 1030 K2 Radio and the Wake Up Wyoming Thank God there's a fire somewhere. No, I'm sorry. I'm just uh, looking at the ridiculously large television that they put up in the studio next to me. And uh, there's a big fire Chicago Heights factory. Big old building burning down. And that has the news media attention right now. And they're all on that fire. Which means finally the whole balloon thing is off the screen for a while. It had gotten so bad they had run the balloon being shot down so many times. And they even had a picture of the beach of South Carolina where the balloon was shot just off the coast of that beach. There's nothing to see there. It's just a live shot of the beach. Absolutely nothing to see. But they had that going on. Finally, there's something else to talk about. There's a building burning down. DJ and Gillette, since I was just talking about the unemployment numbers and correcting for what you heard on Friday to include all of the numbers to give you a real picture of what's going on. DJ and Gillette, is the unemployment numbers where are the illegal immigrants factored? Well, it's true. Yeah, all the people who are not in this country legally, they're here doing what? Are they getting, are they on the government dole? Many are. Did they find jobs? Are they living with family, et cetera? Do we factor that in? 
Because whether they're here illegally or not, they become part of our economy. So it may be something that should be factored in. Okay, a couple of stories from around the state. In fact, let's just go to the state capitol for this one. So for those people who have been asking me, hey, whatever happened to the convention of the states? If you don't know what that is, briefly, that's where all of the states, and this is in the Constitution, the states can go ahead and call a state convention. And they could basically put it to the federal government and change things. Constitutional amendments, things like that. Go around Congress, go around the president. The states say, if you have the majority of the states, or yeah, a majority of the states doing it. Now, calling a convention of the states is really difficult to do. And it's been tried for quite some time. So a convention of the states passes Senate committee. Barlow says, who's the Speaker of the House, bring government back to the people. Yeah, and make it as small as possible. A bill committing Wyoming to participate in a convention of states has received support by members of the Wyoming legislature passing a second reading in the uh, state on Friday. So if you want to read this, Senate Joint Resolution 11 requests U.S. Congress to call a convention to propose amendments to the Constitution. Article 5 of the Constitution provides for a convention of states as a way for the states to bypass Congress in proposing amendments to the Constitution, although it's never really been used. There has been a growing national movement among conservative states. Senator Dan Larson, Republican Powell, is lead sponsor of the bill. Quote, federal Congress can do this, amend the Constitution every day. Why shouldn't the states? So past 3-2 vote. That was kind of close, but okay. Then the story, which is Cowboy State Daily, goes into a lot of detail about convention of the states, if you want to know what that is. But uh, for many years since I've lived in the state of Wyoming, people have been pushing the convention of the states idea. It's tough even to get it passed in Wyoming. Some people for it, some people against it. <clears throat> Three two vote right there is difficult just to get it out of committee. Now we see what happens after that. Second reading, okay, but it's still just got to go through the House and Senate, and the governor's got to sign it. We'll see what happens. All right, next. Oftentimes, when and I'm going to pick on conservatives for just a bit. When liberals go do a protest, they have it planned out. Oh, they're ready to protest all sorts of things. They have signs ready to go, money, useful idiots who will show up and protest anything, professional protesters who will be paid to show up and protest whatever they don't care. They get organized and they get a lot of press attention. When conservatives get together to show a protest, it's often thrown together at the last minute. And it's, I'm sorry, guys, it's really lame. A bunch of handwritten signs that nobody can read. A bunch of people on the street corner. Nobody knows why. Very few people show up. Again, Cowboy State Daily article in Cheyenne. A group plans to protest over high energy bills. One person shows up. One shows up. The story says, although hundreds of Black Hills Energy customers took to Facebook this week, to express her anger over a sudden increase in utility bills this winter. Only one person showed up to vent their anger. An account under the name of, was it Michelle White? Uh, 
created on Facebook for a protest Friday outside of Black Hills Energy Administrative Office in Cheyenne. Although 26 Facebook users responded to the notice, say they were going to the event, and 252 responded saying they were interested in the event. One person showed up. This one guy named Olson told Cowboy State Daily she owns a trailer home, South Fork Mobile Home Park in Cheyenne, but no one lives in it. She said she keeps the heat on low to prevent the pipes from freezing. That was enough to get her a bill for $288.30. She says she's trying to reach someone in the company to give her some, you know, how do you proceed on that? I've left five messages. No one gets back to me. She asked one person at the company who answered the phone if she could go to the office and talk to someone. She said uh, Black Hills doesn't have an office that's open to the public. I never knew that. They should. I think they're afraid someone will go inside and go postal, she says. Black Hills Energy wasn't taking any chances on Friday. Concerned they might get a wave of angry protesters outside the administrative office in response to the Facebook post, the company brought in security guards to control the parking lot in front of the building. One person showed up. That's secure. All that security was for that one person, I guess. Mark Stieg, vice president of operations Black Hills, did come out to the parking lot to have a conversation with that one person. We don't want to answer your questions, she said, and apologized that no one had come down from the office and so on. Okay, so um, I could, again, Cowboy State article, so if you want more details on it, they have a lot more details on this. But to me, it comes right down to, so to conservatives out there, if you really want to show whether it's this or something else, there's a way to get organized. And it takes people not just saying, I'm going to show up, and then they don't. It takes committed people to actually show up to get something done. That's why you've heard me for years say victory goes to those who show up. Now, some people will show up to an event just once. Well, we didn't win. You said victory goes to those who show up. you got to keep showing up and keep showing up in larger and larger numbers and keep the pressure on. You don't just show up once. Wave a couple of signs that were handwritten and nobody can read and think you're going to get somewhere. It takes a lot of commitment. This is why a liberal minority will get more done than a conservative majority. That kind of dedication. 7.29 is the time coming up on some local news update on the weather forecast right after that. I got a little more for you. And then Doug, our man in Cheyenne, does have a legislative update. We'll talk to Don Day about your weather forecast. Some of you across Wyoming getting just a little smattering of morning snow. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-Woods. Seven thirty-six. The time. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. We'll get into open phones in the eight o'clock hour. So, real quick, there's a website I tell you guys about every so often, which I never tell you the name of the website. They hardly ever post an article. 
I don't think anyone really knows that they exist. And they, they're far left. They're not just, you know, Democrat or left. They're far left to the point that the articles that they write are just ridiculous. And this is a Wyoming-based group. I don't want to tell you their name because then people might go searching for the group and they might actually get some hits. And I think I might be the only one who has their website. I'm not sure. But okay. They have a headline that has to do with the Wyoming legislators once again looking to restrict primary voting, which true, but of course the way they're going to represent this and for the fifth straight year, lawmakers are advancing bills to the Wyoming legislator hoping to limit who can vote in primary elections. Bills to ban crossover voting have been proposed and defeated each year since 2019, but they're um, among the highest priorities for Wyoming Republican parties, so they keep coming back. And in some cases, they come back from the dead. Yeah, a lot like Medicaid expansion. But anyway, and this year, the so-called Freedom Caucus John Bear, Republican Gillette, said ending crossover voting is his top priority. And then it talks about crossover voting is practice of switching parties in order to uh, vote in a certain candidate for a certain primary election. Tens of thousands of Wyoming voters maintain independent and unaffiliated status and Democrat status, by the way. They register with a political party when they cast the ballot in order to support the individual they think is the best candidate. The Wyoming GOP and Freedom Caucus claimed that a plague of Democrats switched to vote to Republican primaries, the motive of their desire to block crossover voting. Indeed, many Wyoming local and statewide race Democrat candidates, they consider the real election to be the primaries. And this gets back to where they get it wrong in this, because they tried to make the case here that the thing is shady the way they're getting this dumb uh, one of their headlines stay dumb stay loyal one newly prominent advocate for banning crossover voting is uh, now secretary of state chuck gray uh, ironically shortly after gray's victory gop officials including that you know they left his office I, i'll get into this maybe more later on in the week here but what they're trying to say as well is perfectly okay for people to cross over vote in the primaries, because in some cases, you know, there's no Democrats. There's only Republicans vote running in some counties. So that's when the real re election is. That's the primaries, right? You've heard me make this case before. That's not the fault of the Republicans. The primaries are for each party to put their candidates out there and select their candidates for the general election. If your party didn't show up, don't blame the Republicans. 739, Wake Up Wyoming. News, weather, and a pocket full of opinions. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. 745 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day. Day weather. Don, in my neighborhood, just the slightest smattering of snow coming down right about now. That's kind of isolated. It's not the whole state, but, you know, we're getting the white stuff. Yeah, there are patches of snow showers, especially this will be true in the in the central and the northeast counties of the state and also down in the southern mountains. Those areas will see the best chance of snow showers, especially early in the day. But it's really not much of a front, not very well put together. Okay. Now, we got a lot of wind during the course of the weekend. That's Wyoming for you, though. So does that continue through this week or will we finally get a break from the wind? 
No, we really don't. No. I mean, there's there's not a period of time coming up where we have a calm day, but uh, the, the frontal systems are going to keep coming off the Pacific. We've got two more this week, one coming in Wednesday night, late Wednesday into Thursday morning. That'll do the same thing. That'll bring snow showers. It'll kick up the wind. That's going to make Thursday colder. We've got another one of these fronts coming in late Sunday into Monday. So when these fronts come ahead of the front, you get wind. As the front goes through, you get the snow showers and the colder weather. You know, Glenn, I think the best way to describe it, it's just it's just winter. I mean, okay. we're just <laughs> we're yeah. just trying to expect anything really nice is going to be hard to come by. Okay, just one little wave after the next. At least we can say it's calmed down a bit from what we've had the previous weeks. So it's manageable now anyway. We're not all stuck inside. And we had a discussion going here at the studios earlier this morning. Like on Friday, I went outside and I took my coat off. I know. There there were some moments uh, yeah. this weekend and, and on Friday where it, there was melting snow and ice and it, it felt right. really, really warm. It really wasn't, but it's all relative. As we always like to say, uh, when it's been so cold and it gets to 40 degrees, it feels like it's the middle of summer. I did hear you say in your Cowboy State video cast earlier this morning, though. So you are just sort of monitoring something long term. Yeah, long term, there there's some indications of uh, a bit of a stormier pattern next week, um, especially towards the middle of next week. Uh, we're going to see the Pacific continuing to throw out these fronts. Right now, these fronts are small, but some larger waves coming off the North Pacific look to be coming in next week. So the the middle of the month, right around or just after Valentine's Day, I think our, our chances of, let's say, a, a larger outbreak of cold and snow is something that's on the table. And We've got many days to track it and keep an eye on it to see if it comes to fruition. Between now and then, though, it's just going to be winter out there. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day with Day Weather. Well, you know, kind of expected it's just going to be winter out there. But at least, again, things have settled down quite a bit from what we were putting up with uh, previous weeks. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino. Now, Frank, sometimes I come across a story, and I want to tell you immediately, but I hold off, and it's not easy to do. Okay. So... Here we go. We had Tom Brady yes. go out on the beach, okay. get on his cell phone, and I'm retiring. Sand from where he announced his retirement is being auctioned. Oh, my God. Bids up to $99,000 is what they want oh, from people. Who, who would pay? Yeah, I don't. Idiots. <laughs> you know, I, here's what got me. Now, back when the Beatles first came to America... They were up in a hotel room, right? And somebody who, uh, some of the maids and so on, went and took their ho their sheets and cut them up into little squares and tried to sell them. People, the Beatles slept on these sheets. Nobody believed them. They couldn't sell a thing. Right, yeah, you got to authenticate yeah. that. Now, so how are you going to authenticate this sand? It I could be from any anywhere. Yeah. I mean, is, I mean, is the... The listing on the website titled Tom Brady's Exact Retirement Spot Bottled Sand. <laughs> Bid for one to two samples taken from the exact retirement spot. Uh, only two samples taken from the day of retirement. Proof in photos. You'll be receiving eight ounce mason jar bottle with the exact sand the goat Tom Brady retired on them. I give him five bucks. Yeah. Not 90000 Well, and here's the five thing. Five There's a picture that... Maybe not even that. There's a hand holding up a jar full of sand, and the background is exactly the background. 
where he was. So we, I, get, I guess I assume the guy walked over and said, okay, according to the picture, he was right about here. Scooped up some things. How do I know his foot was there? It sounds like a scam to me. Uh, like from the same think? people that said there's a volcano at Alcova. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Now, I can imagine, you know, people maybe want to go visit the spot if they're that much of a Brady fan. I would never do it. Well, well yeah. Uh, don't see what the whole point is. I mean, is it, I mean, is it barricaded is, by now? No, you know, no, it, it's not. It is a shrine? There's an, okay, there, okay. Someone needs to open up a beach bar right there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Brady's Beach Bar. There you go. Brady's Beach Bar, Retirement Central. Yeah. And all of these retirees can show up and have one on Brady's they, since yeah, he's got yeah. the money. <laughs> That'll be awesome. Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys were drubbed by San Jose State on Saturday night on the road, 84-64. That dropped them to 7-15 and overall, 2-8 and in Mountain West Conference play. The Cowboys were just playing sloppy with 17 turnovers. Noah Reynolds had four of them, and he was in the game for just over 15 minutes. Hunter Maldonado had 34 points for the Cowboys, but didn't get much help from his teammates. This indeed is the lost season. And star player Graham E.K. made it official on Friday that he's going to sit out the rest of the season thanks to a foot injury and take a medical redshirt year hasn't played at all that seems to be seem to be a foregone conclusion considering how deep the sea in deep in the season it is and the pokes are going nowhere a year ago ek averaged 19 points and nine rebounds a game next up for the cowboys will be a home game on wednesday hosting unlv in women's college basketball the women cowgirls lost a heartbreaker to colorado state on saturday in fort collins 66 63 Kalen Crocker of CSU hit a three-pointer with two seconds to go to give the Rams the win. Cowgirls fall the 15-8 and eight overall. They are 8-4 and four in Mountain West play. Quinn Whiteman at 15 points. UW had a rough first quarter from the field going 5-16. of 16. Cowgirls will be at home on Thursday to meet Utah State. In Juco basketball, the Casper College women rated 19th in the country improved the 21-3 with a 68-51 win over Western Wyoming and Rock Springs. Kelly Walsh grad Logan Alvar had 22 points for the T-Birds. Casper College men 18-5 on the year and they beat Western Wyoming on Saturday. 76-59, thanks to 18 points from Nestor Dyschok. Uh, the Casper College teams will be in Cheyenne on Wednesday to take on LCCC. The LCCC women beat Eastern Wyoming at the Story Gym on Saturday, 76-49, to get the 16-6 on the year. Michaela Bork led the way for the Golden Eagles with 19. The LCCC men improved the 12-8 and with an 87-83 win over Eastern Wyoming, thanks to 23 points from Ben Hageman. The LCCC teams will host Western Nebraska tonight at the Story Gym at 5.30 and 7.30. High School Nordic Skiing, the Natrona invite was held on Friday and Saturday on Casper Mountain. On the girls' side, Natrona's Alley Wheeler won both the classic and freestyle races. She has earned a spot for the U.S. U18 national team in Nordic Skiing. That's pretty good considering she's... 15. Wheeler will compete with that team in Finland later on this month. On the boys' side, Kelly Walsh's Fist Johansson won the classic race on Friday, and Laramie's Ben Hutchison took the freestyle race on Saturday. That's in sports. There is one time I was in Ocala, Florida. It was mm-hmm. a very pretty town. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm in that downtown area is just one center square in the middle, everything facing the center square. That's it for the downtown, right? Mm-hmm. And I see a big plaque way across. I walk all the way across the center square to the other side and I go up to this big heavy metal brass plaque and it said on this date in history, and it gives the date Mm -hmm. absolutely nothing happened. (laughs) (laughs) Now you see that's the kind of historic marker. I don't care that Tom Brady retired there. I don't care but that kind of a plaque I would pay money 
for one of those. Yeah, and yeah. and you could put it anywhere, really. Anywhere, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, if the cell phones did not have cameras back then, oh. I would have stood in front of it and got my picture taken if I could. I think we, we should find out if it's still there. I, you know, I should because I would I would fly all the way back to Ocala just to do that. It's a cool place. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, news time, weather forecast, open phones, wake up, well. Six of the time. It's a Monday. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, we're getting into the open phone segment. Morning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. 97 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Real quick, I want to cover this. Just for those who did not join me at 6 o'clock this morning, because you were still in bed while the rest of us were up. Okay, well, next time you go to the doctor, dentist, let's say, or you're going in for an operation, and you expect anesthesia, well, there are those who would like you to get something different. Well, and perhaps, and, and there's, you know, apparently a way to do this, a lowering of the flow of anesthetic gas without affecting the patient's care. You see, because apparently getting anesthesia affects climate change. Yeah. So you go in to get cut open or your teeth worked on or whatever the case. Be careful now. How dare you? I mean, you're affecting the planet here, the weather. As you can tell right now outside, step outside. Especially those of you getting snow right now. This is called global warming. Okay. Here's the story. Doc suggests lowering the flow of anesthetic gas in patients to save the planet. He says one hour of surgical anesthesia is equivalent to driving as many as 470 miles. Oh, don't worry, this gets dumber. New York Post says experts, they should have put that in air quotes, experts, are now recommending that doctors reduce or use a certain kinds of anesthesia in order to combat the effects of climate change. One doctor, senior anesthetist, Detroit's Henry Ford Health, made the suggestion during an American Society of Anesthesiologists annual conference this last Friday in Orlando, Florida. Quote, global warming is affecting our daily life more and more. And reduction of greenhouse gas emissions has become critical, he added. No matter how small each effect is, it adds up. As anesthesiologists, we can contribute significantly to this cause. 
by making little changes in our daily practices, such as lowering the flow of anesthetic gas without affecting patient care. Research notes that inhaled anesthesia accounts for 0.1% of the world's carbon emissions. That's assuming that CO2 is causing a climate crisis, which it's not, but okay. Which are uh, regarded as the primary driver of global climate change. No, it's not, but okay. Well, there are some people who believe that, but I put that aside. An hour of surgery using inhaled anesthetic is equivalent to driving as many as 470 miles, according to a 2010 study. Now, flashback to 2020. Study American Cancer Society Journal. Fretted over the carbon footprint of cancer care. According to that journal, climate change and cancer. Well, to date, studies have estimated that the carbon footprint of cancer care, the energy expenditure associated with operating cancer treatment facilities, all the medical devices and so on, as well as manufacturing, packaging, and shipment of all of those devices, contributes significantly to greenhouse gas emissions, some cancer treatment facilities have begun considering their own carbon footprints and started the process to achieve carbon neutrality. So now, let me ask you. Here's a question for you. And a question for the American Cancer Society. If you need cancer treatment, would you like to go to a treatment center that's worried about its carbon footprint? Or one that's worried about delivering the best care possible. And my thought is, you know, hang on a sec. Okay, hold on. Because they might look at someone who is, you know, as a human being, as an adult, you have, even if you're a young person for that matter, your potential carbon footprint. As an adult, your carbon footprint is destroying the planet. So if you get cancer, probably just best to let you pass well, if they have to expend a lot of CO2 to save you, apparently, and if once they save you, you continue to live, and that continues with more of a carbon footprint. So best just to let you expire, right? Don and Laramie, those who want to reduce the use of anesthesia because of climate change must believe in the ether bunny. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> the pun there with ether money. <laughs> yeah. So he said it, not me. So I look at this and think, all right, what are we going to do then? My first thought was, well, forget using, using anesthesia. Instead, here, just bite down on this leather strap like we used to do way back when. Then I realized, no, you can't do that. Leather strap, that's cows. Yeah, that's horrible. You can't do because, you know, methane emissions and so on. No, that's horrible. So here, bite down on this piece of wood. No, you had to cut down a tree to get that. Uh, okay, so while they're cutting your chest open, gnaw your own arm off. That's my suggestion to you. Or, we, you know those um, orderlies, the big burly muscle-bound orderlies, when someone goes crazy in the hospital, these guys come rushing over and subdue them okay so you're about to get surgery this guy walks in and just knocks you out in one punch now you can have surgery and if you were going to the dentist if we can get him good enough to knock out that tooth 
that's been bothering you even better. Maybe that's the way we should go with this. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the latest from the cult of climate change. Glad we had this little talk. How dare you want to... I mean, what kind of... What, what kind of a person are you that actually doesn't want to have to put up with the pain of surgery? Aren't you more concerned about saving the planet? I would think that you would care more about saving the planet and you don't mind the pain of surgery. You'll deal with that. Although I wonder if anyone on the hardcore left, you know, the snowflakes who whenever they feel any emotional pain, most of it's manufactured anyway, they rush to a, a safe space, a room where they can close the door and they have like coloring books and stuffed animals. What are they going to do? Coming up on 815, Wake Up Wyoming. Army Travel Network. At the top and bottom of every hour, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Nineteen is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. All right, triple eight ninety seven. What's the phone number? That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Some hosts only do open phones on Friday. I do it every day of the week at some point, and that's right now. So you can go ahead and call the show, talk about what I'm talking about, change the subject. That's fine. I did notice this story, and it was the pictures in the story that made me stop and think. I, you know, I have to quickly mention this. There's uh, a derailment in Ohio. Ohio-Pennsylvania border of a train. Headline, officials advise evacuation over explosion concerns after that trail uh, train derails. And so I'm looking at the picture from above of this train that's just all twisted up on the tracks. There's some boxcars. But mainly what they're concerned about is a lot of those cars carry crude oil. There's a whole string of cars now all bundled together in a big pot. Really, it's amazing when you think about how big and heavy is a car that carries crude oil. Okay, take a bunch of them, like a dozen or so, it might be more, and just pile them on top of each other. Yeah, like a game of pickup sticks. That's what it looks like. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, okay, hang on. You know... If that crude oil was being delivered through pipelines, there wouldn't have been a problem. Because if a pipeline has a leak, and pipelines occasionally do have a problem, should a pipeline spring a leak for some reason, they turn off the oil, they go to the area and scoop up all of the dirt, repair the pipeline, then, while they're repairing the pipeline, the oil and the dirt are being separated. The oil continues on down to the refinery. The dirt goes back to the repaired pipeline and gets put back on top, and all is good. Now, environmentalists will try to convince you, well, it's irreparable harm. It's not irreparable harm. It was just fixed. Now, of course, I know what they're going to say. Well, you got to keep it in the ground. Well, I went Friday, yet again, I went through a list of the things we would not have if it wasn't for crude oil and the people who are calling to keep it in the ground 
They have really no clue what they're asking here. Really, they're calling they're calling for a collapse of civilization. Back to the dark ages with billions of people dying. Or maybe that's what they want. I don't know. But so as far as that rail train that all of those cars Ohio Pennsylvania border would not have been an issue. It would have been bad. Yes, there's a derailment. There's box cars all over the place. But there wouldn't have been the danger of all of those oil tankers exploding. When the oil tanker is, should they explode? There's not a whole lot the fire department can do about that. Really, there's no there's no real way to put all of that out. It's too much. And so what they usually do is just let it burn off because there's not much they can really do about it. Now, you want to talk about harming the environment. That would harm the environment. But if an oil pipeline, or I should say when an oil pipeline cracks open and leaks, shutting it down, cleaning up the mess, recovering the oil from the leak and putting the clean dirt back, the effect on the environment, there isn't any. So for those people who are anti-pipeline, keep that in mind. All right. Real quick, let's head on over to Riverton, Wyoming. Article Cowboy State Daily. Riverton Walmart has one of the highest theft rates in the nation. Criminals say they don't care if they get caught. Really? I'm going to read this and I'm thinking, I wonder if we can make them care. Wyoming's Legislative Senate Judiciary Committee was unanimous on Friday advancing two proposed laws to tighten the state's criminal justice system. One, punishing repeat thieves and other people that need to be punished who keep their uh, fentanyl near their children, for example. If If it becomes law, you're looking for House Bill 112. That would lay, let the uh, state prosecutors charge convicted thieves with a felony as opposed to a misdemeanor as a felony, uh, felony for theft after prior convictions. The new felony charge would be punishable by up to 10 years in prison and a $10,000 fine. Top prosecutor in Fremont County, in, in, Representative Ember Oakley, Republican Riverton, was a key sponsor of the bill. She said, repeat misdemeanor thefts are a significant issue in Fremont County and her hometown of Riverton. Riverton's Walmart is one of the highest theft rates in the nation, she said. Small businesses suffer too. Quote, we're seeing a big increase, like organized retail theft, the kind of stuff that you've heard me complain about from major city. She said, describing how some offenders will steal large quantities of high-end meat, cosmetics, or electronics, resell those items. Some offenders have admitted as much during their sentencing hearing, having said that a few days in jail, they don't care. They'll do a few days in jail. They're making so much money doing this, it doesn't matter to them. They'll pay the fine, they'll do the jail, they'll get back out and do it again. Once that trespass order is in in place, a repeat shoplifter at the same store can be charged with a felony burglary. So, Dill Steinbrenner, pardon me, Steenbrenner. Okay, it's spelled different. Steen, Steenbrenner? I'm getting, I'm just butchering that. President of the Cheyenne Chamber of Commerce encouraged the committee to pass the bill, saying theft is on the rise in Cheyenne, and law enforcement reports they're being overwhelmed by it. 
He said U.S. Chamber of Commerce reported about $50 million in cost of business losses in the past year due to the theft. Let's be tough on these guys. They hope to deter them that way. Well, longer sentences, et cetera. I don't know about the $10,000 fine. I'm not sure that they'll have that. But as far as the longer sentence, well, okay. Unless you can think of something else. Committee chair, well, I say that and right away, I can, your imagination is running wild. I know. Committee chairman, Senator Bill Landon, Republican Casper, says thefts are growing more frequent in that community as well. He says he's, it's, it's also a safety issue for retail employees, particularly the elderly. Tyler Lindholm, former state representative, who is now the Wyoming director of Americans for Prosperity, testified against the bill in its current form because it doesn't have a time limit for those five convictions. Felony conviction for the fifth offense could come decades later. Lindholm gave a hypothetical of someone being convicted for separate thefts for stealing ribeye steak, but then it cleaned up their lives after that. Ten years down the road, he wants to feed their babies, and he steals something again. Well, now he's in jail for a decade. I wonder, I like Tyler, and I agree with him on a lot of things, but I would hang that over the guy's head thinking, if you need to feed your babies, you don't need to go steal something. We have help all over the place. And if you steal for your babies, you're going to be in jail for 10 years. So you might want to think about that and maybe go get some help. Representative Barry Craig of Republican Buffalo presented another Oakley's Bills House Bill 111 uh, before she arrived at the meeting, emphasizing that fentanyl crimes have been challenging the prosecutors though mostly works in civil law. Oakley works for the county attorney's office. This bill would make it a felony to have illicit fentanyl in the same room as um, a child or a vehicle for that matter. So nowhere near your car, your motorcycle, whatever, and nowhere near your kid, for God's sakes. Methamphetamine is now the only drug that falls under felony child endangerment category. Category is punishable but up to five years in prison, a $5,000 fine. Committee voted unanimously to advance that bill, 111, the Senate floor, where it must survive three votes and the governor's potential veto to become law. All right, thank you, Cowboy State Daily, for that work. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of, which is news time. Right after news time, update on your weather forecast. Then you and I get back into it again with a nice, long segment of open phones. And somebody gave me a piece of audio over the weekend, which I've got to play for you guys. One of those pet peeves about out-of-control government on the local level. Kind of stuff that just makes me scream out loud when I hear stuff like this. But there's a team of lawyers helping to defend the business. I'll explain right after news and weather. Wake up, Wyoming. Paper or the 5 o'clock news. You need Wake Up, Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Mornings on K2 Radio. Eight thirty-six. The time. Wake up, Wyoming. Triple eight ninety-seven Woods is the phone number. But hang on for just a moment with that. Whatever you want to talk about or change the subject is fine. But 
I wanted to play this first. You know how I just go insane. When I talk about homeowners associations, which is probably the smallest form of government, it's, yeah, it's a neighborhood government, basically. But then city councils, county commissions, and up it goes all the way to the federal level. When we've made the mistake as voters of electing a bunch of busybodies who pass laws like kids are not allowed to sell lemonade on the street corner, things like that. I mean, it just really gets absurd, the kind of garbage that they pass. And oftentimes, my answer is you should never allow anyone, any group of elected officials at any level to meet for this long. They should be allowed to meet once a year for a very short period of time to pass any kind of law or ordinance. And bureaucrats should never have rulemaking authority because they work seven days, well, five days a week doing nothing but writing the next law. Even though they're not supposed to be lawmakers, that's what they're doing. So somebody sent me a story of a donut shop. In 2021, Sean Young purchased Levitt's Country Bakery, a popular decades-old bakery in Conway, New Hampshire. Everything was fine until an overzealous code enforcement officer showed up. Levitt's has been here for 45 years, and when the previous owners went to sell it, we had heard there was a lot of interest. Um, some people wanted to make it a gas station or a pizza shop, but Levitt's is a bakery. That's what it's been for 45 years, and we wanted to keep that tradition going. Not only did Sean want to make sure Levitt's remained a bakery, he also wanted to make sure it remained a community gathering spot. In spring 2022, Sean was presented with an opportunity to get the community even more involved with Levitt's. So we were approached by the local high school art department and the art teacher and they're looking to do a project with their students and we thought that we had the perfect backdrop right above our door and they asked and of course we said yes so there was a lot of local people and customers that wanted to help decide the content of the mural but i believe you can't tell an artist what to paint um, so we left it up to the students after six weeks of hard work the students unveiled their mural to sean levitt's customers and the conway community it was a colorful mural of baked goods making up a mountain landscape it adorns the front of Levitt's to this day. So we didn't know what the students were painting, and at the big reveal, we were pleasantly surprised. We loved it. We thought it was awesome. It's here in the White Mountains, so it's the sun setting over the mountains, and mountains are made of donuts. Who doesn't love a donut? Sean quickly learned at least one person in town doesn't love a donut, or at least a mural of donut. About a week after the mural went up, the local code enforcement officer came and told us that it's not a mural, that it wasn't art, that it was a sign, and it was in violation of the local sign ordinance. I asked him why it was a sign, and he explained to me that because there is donuts and pastries in the mural, and we're a bakery, that that made it a sign. If Sean had a mural this same size that depicted something he doesn't sell, that would be okay. If the students painted this same mural on the farm stand next door, that would also be okay. But because the mural depicted something Sean sells, it violates the ordinance. Sean appealed the decision to the zoning board, and the public showed its support with more than a thousand supportive comments on Facebook and dozens of supportive letters in the local newspaper. But town officials refused to budge. I didn't tell the students what to paint, and I don't think the government should tell the students what to paint either. If the students had painted real mountains, the town would consider it art, but because they made the mountains out of donuts, they're saying it's a sign. That doesn't make sense. That can't be constitutional. Last December, the town gave Sean an ultimatum. Paint over the student's beautiful mural or leave it up and risk daily fines of $275. But Sean didn't want to destroy the student's creative vision, so he teamed up with IJ and sent the town a letter urging them to reform the sign ordinance and allow for beautiful murals like 
with the Winnetop Levitts. Once again, they doubled down on the unconstitutional law. So in January, Sean and IJ filed a lawsuit against Conway, arguing this ordinance violates the First Amendment. When the government treats some murals as art and others as not, based on who made them and what they depict, that's not just wrong, it's unconstitutional. IJ is the Institute for Justice. They are a group of attorneys that raise money on the side, you know, in any way they can. Donations, all sorts, you know. And they got plenty to work with because good people keep them, well, well-funded. And they take cases like this all over the country to court. Because we are supposed to be free-range humans. Not even 125 years ago, we didn't have to ask the government permission to collect rainwater, to hunt, to fish, to start a business, to own a property, to build a home, renovate our home, to use a vehicle, to get married, to own a firearm, to grow food on our property, or to sell food. Now, we can do virtually nothing without being extorted by the government and asking their permission first. If you still think we're free, you're deluding yourself. We're free-range humans who live on a tax farm. Here's something that I've been warning about for years. So let's take a look at this particular city council. Why would they write such an ordinance in the first place? Really? And then bad enough, you got the bureaucrat who's actually enforcing it. But then the city council refuses to budge. Okay. The mistake was made by the voters in voting people like this into office. That was the mistake. As soon as the voters can see, oh, this is who we voted in? So some high schoolers from a high school art class go up and paint the mountains of the area in donuts, which is just fun. That's got to be taken down or it's going to be $270 a day, and the city council refuses to budge. This is who they, the town elected these people. Okay, so what the town needs to do is say, this, this doesn't cut it. We can't have people like this running our town. Obviously not. If this is the kind of rules that they sit around making up all the time, they all have to go. And we have to find people who will get rid of rules like this and be much more reasonable. That's what that town needs to do. Homeowners associations need to do that. City councils, county commissions, all the way up to the federal level. As soon as you see a bunch of busybodies who think it's their job to sit around all day long making up rules like this, you made a mistake in who you voted for, okay, replace them. And that also means good people stepping up to run for office. And not just to get into office once, but to get into office and stay there. Running for office is difficult. Sometimes you have to run more than once to get in it. Get it done. And make sure people like that can never come back again. And then at, when you've taken over the city council or whatever it might be, homeowners association, whatever, start getting rid of those rules. And you're not just looking for this donut thing. This goes back to... And can you put a sign in your yard? That was something in Cheyenne, Wyoming a while back. A guy took a small sign about the size of a yard campaign sign. And it expressed his opinion on some issue. Stuck it in his front yard. 
Members of the city council wanted to pass an ordinance that people can't do that. Well, what if that opinion offends somebody? Really? Are you going to come after talk radio too? Because here on this program, we have all sorts of people, all sorts of people that express their opinion. I see Judy's on hold. Judy, just so you know, I've got sports. I won't be able to get to you till six minutes after. So you can hang on and, and call back. <laughs> oh, or J, JK, just kidding. Oh, mandates in government. She will call back. Good. Okay, thank you. Judy and Casper, that's a hot button issue for her. She'll go after something like this. But yeah, the, the moment you have people who pass little piddly rules like this, get rid of them. 845, wake up Wyoming. Sometimes the best way to look, call Glenn Woods now at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. 848's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino's waiting by. So, Frank, I'm just going to assume you have had about enough of the Chinese spy balloon. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, nobody gave me a ride. Okay, say. You know, yeah. although the, these other pictures of other balloons are pretty good. There's oh. one, it's yeah. a, it's, uh, it must be, yeah, it looks like it's from Germany. It says, yeah. it is a big stein of beer. Oh, yes. Now, if you want to see the best <laughs> of, I went and found, and it's a growing list too, the best of the internet memes. So if you go to the Wake Up Wyoming website, you can scroll through all of the memes I've found so far. It's a long list, and it keeps growing. Well, There's some funny ones out there. It's hysterical. Here's what I didn't know. I was having breakfast. There's a bunch of friends that I have, you know, uh, breakfast with every Saturday morning. And while we're talking, my comment that got the group laughing was, if this thing pauses over Devil's Tower and descends, we're screwed. Yeah. Or they can make a well. They can make a movie out of it. Yeah, sure. I like a documentary. We'll call it Close Encounters. Yeah, Close Encounters of the Balloon. Sure. So then I thought about that for a minute, and I was thinking about the track that the balloon was taken, and I looked it up, and this is another post. It went right over Devil's Tower. Did it? It did. It went right smack over top of Devil's Tower. Now Ogden Driscoll is a Wyoming state senator whose family owns a property around Devil's Tower. I sent him my story. (laughs) She responded to I yeah I think they're looking for something in your backyard Ogden I don't know but uh could you even see it yes if it, I thought it was like at 60,000 feet yes but it if it's a clear sky the balloon gets big enough because you know they expand when they go way up there oh you see this little white dot way up there hmm if there's clouds up there forget it but if it's a clear sky you can look up there and way up there you'll see this dot at 60,000 feet, yeah. I just thought of all the balloons that that's released at birthday parties. Like, yeah. where do they go? Not 60,000. Not China, that's for sure. No, no, yeah. no. So, no. not no. 60,000 feet either. <laughs> Men's college basketball and the Wyoming Cowboys were drubbed by San Jose State on Saturday night on the road, 84-64, to drop them to 7-15 and 15 overall, 2-8 and eight Mountain West Conference play. The Cowboys were just plain sloppy with 17 turnovers. Noah Reynolds had four of them. He was in the game for just 
over 15 minutes. Hunter Maldonado threw in 34 points. It's great, but he didn't get much help from his teammates. This indeed is a lost season, and star player Graham E.K. made it official on Friday that he is going to miss the entire season thanks to a foot injury and take a medical redshirt year. That seemed to be a foregone conclusion considering how deep in the schedule it is for the Cowboys and the Pokes are going nowhere. A year ago, E.K. averaged 19 points and 9 rebounds a game. It's a big, big loss. Next up for the Cowboys will be a home game on Wednesday hosting Nevada Las Vegas. In women's college basketball, all the women cowgirls lost a heartbreaker to Colorado State on Saturday in Fort Collins, 66-63. Kalen Crocker of CSU threw in a three-pointer with two seconds to go to give the Rams that win. The cowgirls fall to 15 and eight overall, eight and four in Mountain West Conference play. Quinn Whiteman had 15, but UW had a rough first quarter from the field, going five of 16. Cowgirls will be at home on Thursday to host Utah State. Junior college basketball: the Casper College women rated 19th in the country, improved to 21 and three with a 68-51 win over Western Wyoming and Rock Springs. Kelly Walsh, Grant Logan, Alvar had 22 points for the T-Birds. Casper College met their 18-5, and, and they beat Western on Saturday, 76-59, thanks to 18 points from Nestor Diachok. Both Casper College teams will be in Cheyenne on Wednesday to take on LCCC. The LCCC women beat Eastern Wyoming at the Story Gym on Saturday 76-49 to get to 16-6 and on the year. Michaela Bork led the way for the Golden Eagles with 19. The All-Trip men improved the 12-8 with an 87-83 win over Eastern thanks to 23 points from Ben Hageman. So both of the LCCC teams will host Western Nebraska tonight at the Story Gym at 5-30 and 7-30. High School Alpine uh, High School Nordic Skiing, the Natrona invite was held on Friday and Saturday over on Casper Mountain. On the girls' side, Natrona's Alley Wheeler won both the Classic and Freestyle races. She also has earned a spot for the United States U18 national team. That's pretty good considering she's 15 years old and competing with 17 and 18 year olds. And Wheeler will compete with that team in Finland later on this month. On the boys' side, Kelly Walsh's Fisk Johansson won the classic race on Friday. Laramie's Ben Hushison taking the freestyle race on Saturday. That's in sports. So you go to the Wake Up Wyoming site, and right there at the top right now, because I'm on the air, you'll see on the left hand side all of the best Chinese balloon memes. Now again, this is a growing list, but one of my favorite ones it, I start off with, there's a guy standing up in front of a whiteboard and he's raising his hand up, who had Chinese spy balloon for February? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Also the one that says, uh, you, you zoom in close and the words on it, we've been trying to reach you about <laughs> your... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, there's... Um, oh, this, I wonder about this, Frank. So the jet that shot it down, right. does he get a silhouette of a balloon on the nose of his airplane? I should hope he gets something. You, you, well, you know, they always put a silhouette of their kills. Yeah. So A balloon. A balloon with the little whatever hanging from the bottom there. Yeah, I he, think he's appropriate. He shot a yeah. balloon. Yeah. All right. Thank yeah. you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. 888 woods the phone number. Wake up, Wyoming. Six to time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is open phones at this point. 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-WODS. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. I'm still watching on the ridiculously large television they put in my studio. One of the stories that they're covering is there's a trained derailment right on the border there, Ohio and, uh, was it uh, Pennsylvania, I think they said? Anyway. 
the train derailed has a lot of cars, tankers that carry oil. And yeah, some of those tankers have already started to blow up. And they're just telling people to get out of the area. Really hazardous, not just the flames, but all the toxicity of it and so on. Gee, if only we had sent that oil through a pipeline, that would have never happened. Just saying. All right. Wyoming legislators try and fail again to defund University of Wyoming Gender Studies program. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what I think about it in a minute. I'm going to read the story first from Cowboy State Daily. Some Wyoming lawmakers, the story says, tried and failed on Friday to defund the University of Wyoming's Gender Studies program. The effort came as a proposed amendment to the State House of Representatives Supplemental Budget Bill. Representative Jean, uh, Jeanette Ward, Republican Casper, said the program runs against intentions of the university when it was formed. Uh, the University of Wyoming needs to return to serious academic inquiry, she said. Hang on. Right there. You know, I could read on, but it, I think maybe I will. But I stop for just a moment about what she just said right there. She said... The University of Wyoming needs to return to serious academic inquiry. That's what I was about to say. I was going to say exactly that. Because when I go to, if I, let's say I'm going to university or I have a kid that I'm going to send to university, the first question you ask the kid is, so before you go to college, what do you want to do? What, what's your goal here? If the kid says, oh, I don't really know. No, really, when you get out of college, your profession will be what? Oh, I don't know. Then why are you going to college? Well, to further my education. No, you go with a purpose. That would be like showing up to a vocational school. So you want to be a welder or a mechanic or, you know, whatever else, a plumber, electrician. Oh, I don't know then why are you here at vocational school? Because vocational school will take a specific task. And this is what we're going to teach you how to do. College needs to be the same thing. So when kids show up, they need to have a purpose. Next, the classes need to actually be classes that are geared toward that purpose. So gender studies... No, that doesn't fit or serve the purpose. That that has nothing to do with anything they're going to get a degree in. You're trying to get an education so you can start a career. So it needs to be purpose-driven. She's right. Okay. Off we go to the phones. By the way, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. One of your favorite callers, Judy, is on the line. Morning, Judy. Hey, good morning. I was reading your article or the article in uh, Oil City News about the property tax. You know, I never realized we paid such a high rate, nine point five. Right. That's a lot, and uh, I think they should uh, reduce it down to about five percent. I mean, when you pay off your property, you should be done paying taxes on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, one of the guys here, what was his name? Uh, Senate File One Thirty Six. They don't want to lose their uh, local money, and he's talking about schools and stuff. Everything goes to school. Oh, it's all about the school. When they want to, you know, break it off in your rear end. Oh, we need the money for school. We need the money for schools. But Senator Bo Whiteman, 
uh, told law, lawmakers while presenting the bill. I'm, the, the whole point here is, I think once you pay off your property, you should be done. Right. You know, or at least put it down to, uh, you know, a three percent or a four percent. Uh, Wyoming gets a lot of money. I mean, if they can stick a hundred million in savings, then they're getting too much money. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think uh, what's your name, Jeanette Ward? Uh, I don't know about the forty or fifty thousand dollars off on your house if you're of certain age, because there'll just be people taking advantage of that. I think they ought to lower it down to three or four percent and leave it there. And the only way they can do that is go through the legislation. But I don't know. Some of these guys, they just want to keep taking and taking and taking and taking. And then uh, I was going to tell you, she also was talking about the mandate. Now, I'll give you an example here. Just in the Trona County, International Building Code, um, existing building code, fire code, fuel gas code, mechanical code, plumbing code, residential code, electrical code. That's just the beginning. And then now they want to adopt the CDCs. I wouldn't take anything from the World Health Organization and instill it anywhere in Wyoming because we know what they are. So I guess okay. Well, uh, <laughs> this goes back to what we were talking about just uh, well on Saturday's fact that I think what we really need to do is make sure that our government, from the local level, you know, from the city council all the way up, only gets to meet for a very limited period of time because when they get to constantly meet, this is what you get. Yeah, and you know, Steve Arsman says in here, oh, uh, for a backfill. He wanted $70 million over two years to cover the loss of income to cities and towns and counties. Well, I know our county has talked about, oh, well, we need a library. No, it's been turned down twice already. And my girlfriend says it's been turned down more than that. Right. Oh, well, we need to do this. We need to do that. No, you need to stop spending. Yeah. You know, on, on these, uh, what do you call them, extras? And yeah. take care of what we got. Like we had that snowstorm. And there were some people that were stuck out on one of the roads. Well, it's not a county road, so they're not responsible for it. Well, why not? They pay property tax. Yeah. Well, who do they pay the property tax? They pay it to the county? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, Uh they're paying their property taxes for living in the county, but being it's a county or it's not a county road, they don't want to go out there and plow it and stuff, so... You're left up to get up with your neighbors and, you know, hey, uh, let everybody kick in, you know, 40 bucks and have old Tom plow our road out, yeah. which is a good idea for a lot of people. I mean, you can do that. I mean, I'm sure I would kick in 40 bucks to have somebody come out and do my road when it needs right. it, yeah. you know, to yeah. pay the fuel bill. But they need to get their budgets under control. The, the, the excessive spending on these, like uh, downtown David Street, well, it's been about 296 days a year. That was eleven million dollars. Hoga Rock, uh, Hogadon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that ended up being a bust. Uh, the Casper Event Center. Well, they ended up selling that off, I guess, and now it's the Ford mm-hmm. uh, Center. You know, they invest in the in the golf course. It's just one bad uh, decision after another on these on these you know to do projects that we don't really need. Mm. Well, I. I think that biz, uh, your um, city council, your county commission, again, realize, they should realize, that they're not in business to do business. 
Oh, according to one of my commissioners, he works for the county. He doesn't yeah. work for us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the county is who? It's not a piece of property. <laughs> it's the people. Is, yeah, the county is the, the people. So yeah. he does work for you. Yeah, well, we had to remind him of that. Yeah. All yeah. right. Thank All you, right. Judy. Have a good day, guys. 9.15 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Listen anywhere and chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Nine twenty one is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, triple eight ninety seven. What's the phone number? That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. Back to the Wyoming legislators again. Bo Whiteman's anti-woke investment bill, the headline reads, keeps on trucking. This is that ESG bill. He says it's the invisible gun to your head. Again, Cowboy State Daily. Wyoming Senate debated a pair of bills this week aimed at pushing back against the wave of environmental social governance policies, ESG. Both bills passed first and second reading by wide margins on the Senate floor, making it likely they will move to the House next week for consideration. ESG measures the rate of funds on various markers for progressive-friendly policies related to protecting the environment, diversity in the workplace, community relations, any association with organic fuels like coal, gas, and oil. Industries quickly get funded um, either downfunded or not funded at all. But timber industries, gun manufacturers, agriculture businesses also face pressure from them as well. So they're pushing a bill through they hope that would stop that in the state of Wyoming. Fred is in Colorado. Hello, Fred. Good morning, Glenn. What a beautiful day. Yes. Um, two things, if I could. One, um, you know how you have the sports report and the legislative report? Uh-huh. I think you need to have the Daily Judy report. Okay. And I'll tell you why. I really admire her commitment and her passion. And I really think if more people in this country were like Judy, we'd have a much better country. See, here's the problem with that. If we had the Daily Judy report, then we would actually have to pay her. Well, she could volunteer. Right now she's doing this for free, and I don't want to upset that apple cart. I'm saying this. (laughs) I'm whispering into the microphone so she won't hear us. Well, I do want to say I really do admire her commitment, and I think it's just wonderful on her part. The second thing is, last week you were talking about oil and a number of the things that oil is used for. Mm -hmm. I've got two I don't know if you had thought about, but you know these people that love these EV vehicles? Yeah. One thing they ought to remember, as much as they hate oil, the roads that they drive on are made of asphalt, and asphalt is made of oil. Oh, yeah. And the other thing is, I'll bet most of those people live in houses who the shingles on their houses are made of asphalt, which, again, is made out of oil. oil. Yeah. Yeah. See, the number of – and this is why I also like to point it. You heard me point it out the other day when I did this. You can't even build an electric vehicle without a lot of oil. In Mm -hmm. fact, so much oil goes into the creation of electric vehicles that you might as well. You would do better if you just bought a small car and just drove it until the wheels fell off. You would use less oil with that vehicle than if you bought an electric vehicle and you hadn't even driven it yet. 
Well, I think the problem with these people is they really need to be driving or riding horses. Yeah. Wow. Well, no, it's, you know, that's methane now. That's horses, well, outgas, you know, methane. Glenn, in all honesty, and I've said this to some of these climate change people, if they really want to save the planet, they ought to stop breathing permanently. Sure, yeah. And that's it. Well, that's all I got to complain all about right. today. But I do think the Judy report's a good idea. No, I don't want to have to pay her. Okay. All right. Thank you, Fred. Appreciate it. Now, Judy does get a lot of compliments when she's on, mainly because of her passion. I don't always, I, I agree with a lot of what she says, but not all of it. But everybody loves it. Whether they agree with her or not is the passion. And she gets out there and actually fights. She doesn't just talk. She actually gets up and shows up to the meetings and fights and wins. Oh, Wyoming, uh, wild transplant from Cheyenne. Wyoming retirement system is heavy in ESG. Though uh, BlackRock investment, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. That's that's true. There's a lot of uh, things that are heavily into what they call ESG. And I would like to see how the state of Wyoming plans to make sure that we don't get involved in, here in the state. What law they can pass to make that stop, I'm not sure. Steve is also in Colorado. Hello, Steve. Uh, good morning. Actually, Cheyenne, Wyoming. Oh, you're in Cheyenne. Okay. Um, I'd like to. I'd like to do a follow up, if I may, to Miss Judy and the caller who just phoned in about her. Uh, I absolutely agree with her. Um, she is a wealth of information, and I love listening to her. Her passion is terrific. Um, I don't have quite that passion, but I did try to make a little bit of a difference here. Um, the people that we elect to get into office, they give you a lot of words out, as they call it. Uh, but once they actually get into office, they're down the same path as the people that were in there. The old boss, mm -hmm. new boss, the same thing. Um, property taxes are getting higher. Uh, it's very tough, especially for seniors, to meet those taxes, uh, and especially with the governor's new uh, wokeness. Uh, with power plants and so forth. Um, I don't know if any politicians actually listen to this program. I think they should. Oh, yeah. uh, but uh, I just wanted to say that um, it's it's not always electing the people that we think are going to do the job in the office. Because like I said, once they get there, they're, they're pounding to a different drummer. So yeah. anyway, oh, yeah. thank you for uh, everything that you do on the radio. And uh, uh, my family and I certainly enjoy listening to you, you and Miss Mary. I appreciate it. That's Steve calling from Cheyenne. So a part of what he was saying I was talking about earlier today, about an hour or so ago, which has to do with who we elect in office and what their job is. And we oftentimes, as voters, make the mistake of electing people into office who, when you see what their agenda is, we made a mistake in voting for them. They need to be rotated out for people who actually are not busybody lawmakers, but instead actually have your private property and your personal freedom in mind more than anything else. Cody is in Carpenter. Hello, Cody. Hey, real quick, Glenn. Uh, you guys made the, we were talking about the balloon earlier, and you made the comment about letting the party balloons go. And where do they yeah. go? But I'll tell you where they go. They, they go out in our fields. Yeah. <laughs> you know, anyway, being southeast of Cheyenne, I mean, every year there's 10 or 20 different gobs of them we find, and they wrap around our farm equipment, and the cows get them and eat them, and it kills the cows and gets in our fences and a mess. So I just wanted to remind people that you're letting the balloons loose. They, they do go someplace, and we do find them. Okay, so now we know which direction they blow. We know which way the wind blows now, right towards your house. <laughs> 
right towards my house. Yeah. 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 And it's amazing the people that apparently just let them go either on accident or on purpose in Cheyenne yeah. and, and, and we pick up. So but anyway, right. just want to throw that out there. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Cody. Appreciate it. Yeah. I've heard before controversies about when people release all sorts of balloons into the air, where they wind up. And oftentimes, whether it's in his field in Carpenter, Wyoming, which apparently is right downwind from Cheyenne, it's either in that field there or just getting out into nature and animals eat them and stuff like that. That's been something I've read about many times over the years. That maybe that's not such a good idea. Uh, try something else rather than releasing balloons. Unless you can release something that's not going to do that kind of damage. You know, something biodegradable. I don't know. I'm making it up as I go. Coming up on 930. Look at your local news weather forecast right after that. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Six to time, wake up Wyoming. See, I got a couple of other people. Me, who's in Laramie, and No, who is from uh, Pony Grasslands. Both saying that they found balloons out there, not just on their lands, but up in the mountains where they go hunting and so on. Okay, real quick, I got. I have to play two openings to do this one. First, let's go to San Francisco. shoes because they're walking through it and watch out for stepping on those needles too at the same time i have to play this opening your favorite song i like guns i like the way they look i like the shiny steel and the polished wood i don't care if they're big or small they're for sale hell i want them all i like guns i like guns Play the two together because the two are going together. Remember, San Francisco is part of that defund the police program thing, which isn't working for them. There's other problems that they have in general. San Francisco flooded with concealed carry permit applications. Really? 
After receiving only a handful of applications for permits to carry a concealed weapon in the past decade, the city of San Francisco is being flooded with them as property crimes skyrockets and are having a tough time getting police. Police are quitting, retiring, and it's hard to find new people who want to be a police officer in San Francisco, not with the way they treat police there. Following the Supreme Court ruling last year, which made it easier for gun owners to get concealed carry permits, it is now much easier for residents of San Francisco to obtain a license to carry weapons in public. That right may be short-lived. However, the state moves to rewrite gun laws that will comply. With the, the California's and also San Francisco's always trying to find ways to take guns away from people. You understand that, but of course. Last week, an automotive shop employee had his application approved by the San Francisco Sheriff's Department. He works with uh, in a neighborhood which the New York Times called the dirtiest block in San Francisco due to frequency of open drug use and other such problems. So here is a place that is as hardcore left as they can get. Think about this for a minute. When it comes to leftist cities and states, but leftist cities, you can't get much more hardcore left than San Francisco. After all, one of the representatives in the House of Representatives is Nancy Pelosi and has been. She's been there for decades as their representative. They like her. So that gives you an idea of what the city is like and the kinds of people that they elect. So that's the mentality of the city, right? But then that old saying, a conservative is a liberal who's been mugged. All of a sudden, they change their opinion. So since a personal crime, in other words, someone going up and mugging somebody else, beatings, you know, robbery is not just give me your, your, your money or else. I, sometimes they just knock them down, beat them up, take their money. Then there's property crime, home invasions, et cetera, et cetera. It's gotten so bad, as beautiful as the streets of San Francisco, which was a great television show back in the 70s, as beautiful as the city might be, it's not just a matter of people are afraid to go out and walk the streets at night. People are afraid to go out and walk the streets during the day. You can't do that in your own neighborhood. You're afraid to go for a stroll at any time of the day or night in your own neighborhood. And then again, police are quitting, retiring, but some are quitting and are having trouble getting new recruits San Francisco has a major problem. So citizens, no matter how hardcore liberal they may be, are going to look at their personal safety, the safety of their family, not just away from home, but at home, and they're going to go get a gun, and they're going to protect themselves. Oh, they would rather not. But no matter what someone's political or ideological persuasion is, when their life is in danger, when the life of their family is in danger, anybody will do whatever they got to do. 942, wake up, Wyoming. With Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-WOODS. 
Coming up on 948, off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Oh, I did, okay, I've been seeing a lot of things about this online, Frank, and I finally had to look it up. So Valentine's Day is Tuesday, February 14th. Right. Okay. You and I don't have to worry about this. I need to change my calendar now that you're... Uh, Okay. You and I don't have to worry about this kind of stuff. You got nothing going on here. Well, I'd like to, but, you know... Okay. If if, if if it if the day comes and goes, yeah, then you know it's it's okay. I guess. Okay, we're not now. You see, it's people who are in relationships that are under a lot of pressure. For example, well, it's going to cost them coin. Number yes, one, yes, it is. Yeah, if if a guy is dating, he better not forget it. Right. Yeah. Okay. And if you're and if you're dating too, that means you have to. It's double the money. Yes, and you better. In that case, you better make sure that you don't put the wrong card in the wrong place. Right. Yeah, you got to be really, really careful. If you're married, she kind of expects you to forget it, but she's you're still in trouble for it. But but you got to come through, man. You You got to come through. Which is why a lot of uh, convenience stores carry Valentine's things because the guy's like a block away from home and goes, "Oh, damn it!" Now the nice thing is with today's modern technology, you're phone if you're on social media especially mm-hmm. reminds you that this is upcoming right yeah so guys and and yet still guys will come home with nothing that that not in this day and age unless you're a complete space cadet well frank <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest here <laughs> there are guys who leave work with their phone telling them while they're walking out the door hey remember it's valentine's day and they're still going to come home with nothing because oh. he's, he's an idiot i mean how, how, how much does it take to get one of those yep. little shooters of fireball who is the that's what you do for valentine's well, frank it, is single it, it helps me yeah okay <laughs> you didn't get it for her it no, no, okay, no, no. Yeah. so um why is all the pressure on us guys i want to go back because i i learned this once but i forget it now who invented this whole monstrosity i think it was like the hallmark card company or something it's a big business it's a huge business yeah and it's a lot of pressure on people yet another thing that we're supposed to buy gifts for or else and i want to know ladies why aren't we getting stuff we're not you know what because we as guys are told to be appreciative uh-huh. of everything that they yes. do. Uh, Valentine's Day without, is a, Without question, this, which this is, is okay. This is my protest. Valentine's Day is a one-way street. It's okay. It lasts for one day. Uh, okay, yeah. One, but, one day. Okay, but here's well, the Well, Christmas but, makes two. But, but, Frank, if you forget that one day... You're screwed. She will never forget that one day. Oh, no, no. Do you're, you you're, remember you're, that time back in 1983 when you forgot my Valentine? It's coming. All right, men's college basketball. The Wyoming Cowboys lost big to San Jose State on the road on Saturday night, 84-64. They are 7-15 and overall, 2-8 and in Mountain West Conference play. Cowboys were sloppy with 17 turnovers. Noah Reynolds had four turnovers, and he was in the game for just over 15 minutes. Hunter Maldonado threw in 34 points, but didn't get much help from his teammates. This is indeed the lost season. Star player Graham E.K. made it official on Friday, stating he will not play this season at all due to a foot injury 
and will take a medical redshirt. That seemed to be a foregone conclusion considering how deep in the schedule the Cowboys were and the Pokes are they're going nowhere. A year ago, EK averaged 19 points and 9 rebounds per game. Next up for the Cowboys, a home game on Wednesday hosting Nevada Las Vegas. Women's College Hoops, Wyoming Cowgirls lost a heartbreaker to Colorado State in Fort Collins on Saturday, 66-63. Kalen Crocker of CSU hit a three-pointer with two seconds to go to give the Rams the win. The Cowgirls fall to 15-8 and overall, 8-4 in Mountain West Conference play. Quinn Weideman at 15. UW had a rough first quarter from the field going 5 of 16. Cowgirls will be at home on Thursday to meet Utah State. Junior College basketball, the Casper College women rated 19th in the country, beat Western Wyoming in Rock Springs 68-51 to to their 21-3 and on the year. Kelly Walsh grad Logan Alvar had 22 points for the T-Birds. The Casper College men 18-5 and and beat Western on Saturday 76-59 thanks to 18 points from Nestor Diachek. The Casper College teams will be in Cheyenne on Wednesday to meet LCCC. The LCCC women beat Easter Wyoming at the Story Gym in Cheyenne on Saturday 76-49 to get to 16-6 and on the year. Michaela Bork led the way for the Golden Eagles with 19. LCCC men improved the 12-8 and with an 87-83 win over Easter Wyoming thanks to 23 points from Ben Hageman. The L Trip teams will host Western Nebraska tonight at the Story Gym at 5.30 and 7.30. High School Nordic Skiing, the Natrona invite was held on Friday and Saturday in, on Casper Mountain. On the girls' side, Natrona's Allie Wheeler won both the classic and freestyle races. She's earned a spot on the United States U18 National Nordic Team. That's pretty good considering she's 15. Wheeler will compete with that team in Finland later on this month in the Scandinavian Cup. On the boys' side, Kelly Walsh's Fisk Johansson won the classic race on Friday. Laramie's Ben Hutchison took the freestyle freestyle race on Saturday. That's it in sports. So there are some companies out there, Frank, and I would advise any guy out there in any kind of relationship to do this, where you can go ahead and pay in advance, and they take down her birthday, your anniversary, Valentine's, all of that stuff. And then just automatically on those dates, she just receives something. So you come home... And there's all of these beautiful flowers, and she's standing there in tears, just waiting for you. And you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> Glenn, there's a big trick to that. Yes. A, remembering her birthday. Yeah, that's B, the thing. remembering her anniversary. Uh-huh. I, one time, I worked, I got to do this real quick. I was uh, working for a radio station where a bunch of old people listened because it was big band music. This is back in Florida. And we had the birthday and anniversary club. Oh, God. And the girl, the, the women would write down... You know th- their name and address, and then they would hand it to their husband of fifty years and stand there with their arms folded, waiting for him to fill out her birthday <laughs> and their anniversary. And after fifty years of marriage, he still didn't know. It was some someday. <laughs> I don't know. You know they all run it. together, right? Yeah. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on news time weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. It's 